worship the Lord this morning. He's done great and mighty things for us. And I know that sometimes it's hard to see that. Sometimes you've got problems, you've got situations that you're dealing with that are, that are extreme and difficult and complicated and all those things, but that doesn't change who God is. Amen. And so this morning as we come in here and we come to worship God, I come to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Amen. I'm going to put, I'm going to put my issues aside this morning and I'm just going to worship him because of who he is. Not, not for what he has done, but for who he is. Let's remember that this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father God, for who you are. Thank you for being King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Father God, thank you for your track record, God, of never failing us, Lord. We pray this morning that your anointing would be upon our pastor and upon the word and upon each individual here, Father. Open our hearts and our ears, Lord God, that we hear your word properly, Lord. Father God, that we be brought under conviction, Lord God, and that we see our faults and our wrongs, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for your anointing. Thank you, God, for allowing us to be in church once again. And thank you for letting us be with our brothers and sisters to worship you. Father, we love you. Take over the service. It's yours. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Father God, these altars have been filled this morning, Lord, and your power and your grace and your mercy and your glory, God, has flowed in this house. This morning, God is reaching to you. You come in these doors, you walk into the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. He can do more for you than you can do for yourself. I promise you that. I'm not speaking because just because I've read a book. I'm speaking because I've experienced what I'm talking about. God's able to set you free and loose you this morning. It's like flinging prison doors open and saying, Come on now. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Bible declares that. God is awesome. Yes. As the service continues this morning, it's not a shut-off point. God's willing when you are. He's ready when you are. He's able before you're ready. He's able before you're ready. It's what makes Him God. He's got what we need. His son is who he's given us. Yes. Gave us Jesus. Work of the cross. Blood that was shed. The agony and the pain of the sins of the world upon his shoulders. He took it off. But he also gave us liberty. Yes. He gave us freedom. He gave Amen. us deliverance. He gave us salvation. He gave us freedom. God. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. Praise his name. Feel free to pray in these altars as long as you need to. I've already been showered upon this morning, sir. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We, uh, we're not going to leave. But if we did, we've already had church. Amen. Amen. People have already been blessed. Amen. 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 Blessed this morning. Amen. Yes. Blessing this morning. God's a blessing. When we receive His outpouring, there's nothing that can compared to it, there's nothing that can match that. Amen. And I mentioned the term a couple of times earlier, rescue, and he is our rescue. Amen. And you can picture that. Actually, that's what, uh, you know, when it talks about uh, uh, Savior, that's rescuer. Yeah. Yeah. Redeemer to rescuer. Mm -hmm. Rescues you from sinking, going under. Amen. Amen. We ain't going under, we're going up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Look going up, praise the Lord. We talk about a rescue. Uh, I'm 
God for Jesus, right? Yes. Open your Bibles this morning to the book of Amos in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. A lot coming out of the Old Testament lately. Give you a minute to find it. It's a little bit small. It was out of Joel here recently, so it's right after Joel. Amos was a prophet, as we've spoken of several prophets recently, and their declarations again being the mouthpieces of God that they were. And Stacy, you may have turned those monitors down. They proclaimed God's word and they uh, presented to the people that were living in their days, uh, basically, thus saith the Lord what God has to say about things. And here in the book of Amos, this uh, stage being said, or at least in this day that he was speaking, it was a rather prosperous time in, uh, in the land at, at the time uh, Amos was uh, receiving from God. Now, Amos was called out of a, uh, basically a sheep tender, and he said it himself in Scripture. He said, I'm nothing but basically a prune picker. He said sycamore fruit picker, but basically that's what he was. And God spoke to him and said, hey, I need you to go do something for me. Isn't that what God does? I need you to be my mouthpiece. There's a world out here that needs to know what I'm saying. There's a people out here that evidently are not paying attention to me, and I need somebody to stand up and voice my concern and what I have to say. Now, uh, there was a lot of uh, hypocrisy taking place in Amos's day. A lot of pretending. Acting like they were people of God, but not necessarily being people of God, okay? That's what hypocrites are. And I know you heard that term. But I'm simply this morning kind of giving you kind of a forefront here where you can visualize with me what's taking place in Amos' day as I've tried to do in the preceding times when I've spoken of what the prophets had to say, the particular times they were living in. Uh, the nation had fallen into a state of idolism, idolatry, greed, corruption, all sorts of things. And if you've been with me or you've been here the last few weeks and we've talked about and I've preached upon these various few prophets and the words they have to say, we'll say, well, it sounds like we kind of hear the same thing every time. Well, of course you do because they say the same thing. One after the other, they're giving the cautions. They're trying to wave red flags to the people they're speaking to. And so, wait a minute, God's not satisfied with you, and there's something you need to do to fix this thing. But we've arrived now in the book of Amos here at a point of judgment. It's what mainly his whole book's about. It's judgment. It's about wrath. It's about what God will allow if people don't be obedient. If they don't adhere to His Word, if they don't live the life that God has so afforded all of us, He's given us a life to live in Him, right? Amen. Every human soul that's ever existed, that exists today and will exist after today, has an opportunity to receive God in their lives through Jesus. Amen? Amen. Work of the cross, the blood that was shed, the life that was given, the resurrection. and a one, Are you living a wonderful life in the Lord this morning? Amen. Are you glad you are? Are you blessed to be in this place and be in 
family of God this morning. That's where we're at. But something had happened here in Amos' day and that wasn't the case anymore. That's why God had to say, wait a minute. I've got something to say. Now, this is also a lesson in basically Amos being what we refer to as a farmer. What's a farmer got anything to do with being the voice of God? Well, he's got much to be with it. Because when God calls somebody, He calls them, right? Amen. He can call them out of nothing. He called you. Amen. You're here, right? Amen. You received the cross? Amen. You received Jesus? Yes. You've been called. Amen. I don't know if there's ever was a day, and I, you know, I say that lightly, of course, because we don't fully understand the days of the Bible. And we might say, well, it was worse then than it is now. Or we might say it's worse now than it was then. But it's worse is worse, okay? When people become disobedient to God, bad things happen. Amen. Yeah. Terrible things happen. And it's, it's not as if God, again, is a mean God and He wants to punish people, but He has to live by His Word, okay? Yeah. The Word is it. The Word is the judge. The Word is going to be the judge in the final day, by the way. We're all going to be by this. So there we need to be modeling after it as we live now, right? Yeah. All right. The book of Amos here in uh, chapter number 8. <clears throat> now I want to start and... and Chapter 7, verse number 15. This is Amos talking. He said, And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. Now I've already established that, but I wanted you to see it. Uh, anybody can be used of God. Amen. Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord. Thou sayest, Prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Now this is what Amos is speaking to the king who he's been called before because a king doesn't want to hear any of this religious stuff. And that, this is Amos' reply to the king. He said, I was called from the flock. And the Lord told me to go speak. And basically saying, I'm going to speak what God told me to speak. But the king here is declaring, go somewhere else because we don't want to hear this. Not do we not only want to hear it, we don't want to hear one drop of it. Ring any bells? We don't want to hear nothing about God. We're fine and well the way we are. People can get in a state, they think they're fine and well the way they are, and they're doomed and miserable, don't even know it. Yeah. This is the case. So that was Amos' reply to the king. And picking up here in verse number 8, or chapter 8, verse 1. Scripture says, Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. What a something to see, huh? A basket of summer fruit. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, who's showing him this? this is what we got. God is showing. Amos here, a basket of summer fruit in a vision. And he said, Amos, 
what seest thou or what do you see? And he said, I said a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, The end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. That's pretty scary to me. Amen. Well, what about the summer fruit? What's he talking about? A basket of summer fruit. Mm -hmm. Well, let me establish here the importance of that. The summer fruit is actually saying it's beyond ripe to the stage of rottenness. Okay? Something's got to happen right now. That's the significance. You're looking at something that's to a state and to a place that I've got to do something with it. That hasn't changed, folks. Even though it's Old Testament, that has not changed. When things get to the point of a ripe and rottenness, God will do something. Better be thanking God you got a relationship with him this morning. I said a relationship. Do you? Ooh, man, I feel that one. It's going to pay one of these days. A true, genuine, heart-rendered relationship with God is going to pay off in revenues you could not even begin to imagine. Go ahead and give God praise. Amen. What a wonderful blessing. Verse 3. He said, And the songs of the temple shall be howlings in the day, saith the Lord God. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. Man. The songs of the temple shall be howlings. What are songs? What do we think of songs? If you're churchy, you think first thing you think of is worship, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what he's talking about. But what he's—they're just going to be howlings. Yeah, not worship. They're going to be boisterous noise. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. Nothing but noise, having no effect with me. Even though you think you're going about the right thing and going through the normal motions of religiosity and temple worship, to me they're nothing but noise. It's almost like God saying, I don't hear them. You ever think about God hearing and seeing your worship? How important that is? From here? We talked about that the other day. From here. Randy Hart, not the garments. Amen. See, when, when God says things, He means it. When His Word declares something, He means it. Amen. When He says be obedient, He means it. Be faithful, He means it. Other words used biblically, but I'll simplify Be dedicated. If, you, if He says be dedicated, He means it. Committed, He means it. And things begin to fall out of order as people begin to, again, form their own opinions about what it means to live for God and they get totally away from Him. And that's exactly what's taking place. Here we see again what we've been talking about in the recent past. And here is 
little guy named Amos is called out of the sheep pasture to go tell people what it is they need to know that God wants them to understand. It's an interesting verse. He says, many dead bodies, there shall be many dead bodies in every place. Now, don't take this so much uh, a physical again. Take it spiritual. There can be false worship with dead bodies everywhere because they're not getting the life of Christ. Okay? They're getting something from that's created by man alone that does not involve God whatsoever. That's the picture here. You ever heard of being spiritually dead? When you think you're alive? Folks, there's deception. The greatest deceiver of all is working constantly 24-7 uh -huh. to deceive people. And I've said many times, his target is the church. His, his means is to try to make people believe that they've got something when they don't. It's called counterfeit. Don't think it's not happening. We're talking about a day, again, a long time ago. But the same things that affected a long time ago affect people today. Okay? Yeah. They shall cast them forth with silence. Hmm. Kind of like saying, well, if they get lost in the mix, just kick them aside, just don't pay any attention and go on. I see a lot of things in our times, I'll use this term, that absolutely appall me in the name of religion. You brought one surface this morning. Tell people anything they'll believe. Deceiving them's fine and great as long as you can reap rewards off of it. Don't think it's strange. It is happening. Yeah. Verse 4, Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fall. As long as you're prospering, it's okay. Many fall behind you and give you everything they've got. As long as you're doing well, then keep right on going. That's what's taking place. Mm, there's a lesson in this. I've heard some of your comments lately, and I appreciate them. Uh, Watch what you listen to. Be careful what you pay attention. Be careful who you give your allegiance. Right. Let me paint you a picture here. The great deceiver does not come with bleakness and gloom. He comes with charisma. Flashiness. A whole lot of good. If he can get that untruth planted somewhere. Yeah. If he can sow that deception somewhere. He'll use all the good to sow that deception. Many people are in the shape right here today that was in the shape that's in Amos's day. Yes. Wait. You've heard me declare it jillions of times. Know this word. Amen. Know this word. The Bible says don't let anybody deceive you because... 
you're going to miss out on something awesome, heavenly, and wonderful, and eternal if you fall to deception. And basically, this is what we're seeing here. Verse 5 says, saying, When will the new moon be gone that we may sell corn? And the Sabbath that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit. Sabbaths are boring. When's it going to be over where we can go on and do what we want to do? This verse and researching it, what had happened is people began more and more to pay less attention to the appointed Sabbaths of God or the holy days of God and began to do more of what they wanted to do greater and greater degree and before long they weren't doing anything at all. They could care less about the temple of God. They could care less about their relationship. Other things meant more to them. Doing this, going yonder, having this, having that, enjoying life meant more to them than enjoying God, okay? Highways <clears throat> are pretty busy on Sundays. Going all kinds of places other than church. Maybe a fun road for a while. Falsifying the balances by deceit. Remember those balances? Wednesday night we talked about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the black rider, the black horse rider bearing the balances. You see that many times in God's work. Balances, deceitful balances, something that that is used to to corrupt uh, commerce or to corrupt trade, or it, it's it's originated from greed. Okay. False balance comes about by the greed that people have because they're going to be the ones to get ahead regardless of what happens to the one on the other side of the scales. More and more and more and more, right? You hear it. You see it every time you turn around. This one's corrupt to gain. Most of the time it's money. Most of the time it's prosperity. But it can also be greed and it can also be power. They're looking for all this. And it, it, it's happening in great degree. These, these again are signs of the final times and people need to be paying attention and understanding what God's trying to say. America's no different. We're not isolated over here on the continent we're living in and everything else is going to happen to the rest of the world, folks. Come on. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amen. We may be the worst. I don't even have to paint you a picture for that. Just look around, see what's going on. Greed everywhere, power hungry everywhere, confusion everywhere, chaos everywhere, can't get along everywhere. Don't care about those that are in need. Just as long as I pump my my fortune up a little higher, I don't care about them. It's everywhere. These are things that need to be paid attention to and watched by the church, by Christians. It's here, it's arriving, it's in place. The prophets of old had a lot to say. God gave them some awesome information that would, again, extend to the church of today where it could be delivered. Hey, that this same thing that's affected people for countless generations. The same things affect people, okay? <laughs> Humans are affected by the same things. It doesn't change. And here we find a terrible state that the nation has fallen into. 
The king doesn't want no part of it. Just leave us alone. We've got good things going on. Man, we can support uh, sin. We can condone it. We can even fund it and pay for it. Just go on somewhere else and tell somebody else this God stuff. Hmm. What did you say about political earlier? Now look at this. That we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes, yea, and sell the refuse of the wheat. Again, that's speaking of a totally corrupt economical system and the way people are treated. I'll give you a handout, but when I give you a handout, I expect your allegiance and I expect you to follow me, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. That's the statement here. And I'm not going to give you the best of the best anyway because I'm going to give you the husk of the wheat instead of the real deal. That's what deception is. It's always that way. That's, that's its purpose. Mm -hmm. The Lord, verse 7, hath sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. God doesn't forget Unless you're covered in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Boy, is that enough? Yeah, you, glad, you like me? You glad God forgets when you're covered in the blood of Jesus? That old past? That old stuff? Huh? Boy, when that blood covers you, break it off. It's gone. Hallelujah. It's gone. I'm going to tell you, man will remember. Yeah. God don't. Amen. That's more than being erased. That's more than just being history. It means it's gone. But he said, here, I'm not going to forget this stuff. Shall not the land tremble for this, and everyone mourn that dwelleth therein? And it shall rise up holy as a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. See, this aligns with Many people's ideology that God's just going to forget everything and nothing bad is ever going to happen. There's not going to really ever be any punishment or reward for wrongdoing or all the things that is facing our nation today and, and has brought this nation that this prophet is speaking of. Holy flood here I means it's 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 we could say it like this that when it comes to the reason for judgment and the reason for wrath that is unrepented of, okay? That is unrepented of. That goes along with the blood. When you truly repent in your heart of your sins, covered by the blood of Jesus, when you accept the Lord, then yes, it's taken away. Amen. But this is talking about as if there's this great reservoir that all this is being deposited into and it keeps building up and building up and building up and finally God breaks the dam. And here comes the flood. Of what? Unbelievable proportions. Not necessarily water. The Bible many times uses terms where we can understand better. If you can visualize a devastating flood of destruction where nothing's left behind it, kind of like the leaf eaters from last week, 
Not the same terminology, but meaning the same thing. It's destruction, destruction, destruction. God does always have the final say. Amen. Amen. A state of sinfulness may be merry at the time, but in the end, it will end in sorrow and suffering. Always has and always will. Thank God again for Jesus. Praise Amen. the Lord. It shall come to pass in that day, verse 9 is where I'm at, saith the Lord God that I will cause the sun to go down at noon and I will darken the earth in the clear day. What a statement. Who said this? His name is God. Hmm. Do I need to read that again? It shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon. I will darken the earth in the clear day. That's a statement of immediacy. Instantaneous. Everything's fine and great. Hey, we're here at noon. The sun's shining. Everything's wonderful. Just like the day the prophet's speaking of here. Things are going along fine all of a sudden. When God says He can He can bring, make it dark at noon, I'm going to tell you, God can make it dark at noon. Yeah. See, our, our own thinking, how is that even possible? It's possible because God created the thing in the first place. And His Word says right here that He can do that if He so chooses to. Now again, the terminology, we have to receive a spiritual. Things can get real bad in a real quick hurry. In broad open daylight, darkness can hit all at once. Back to the what is the theme I've been speaking of lately? Preparation, being prepared. More warnings towards that. This isn't to scare us, it's to prepare us. Amen. Thank God for the word. Amen. Amen. And I will turn your feast into mourning, what you thought was fun, having a blast, and going about all your wonderful festivities of sin living and, and all the things, idolatry, involvement, and everything possibly imagined that's going to end one of these days. And here's what I said a while ago all of a sudden, there's going to be sadness and mourning everywhere. And all your songs into lamentation. Grief. They're not going to be so merry anymore. They're not going to be filled with joy. They're going to be full of sadness. Mourning is worse than sadness. It's when your heart is absolutely stripped of any kind of happiness or joy or anything of the like. No gladness whatsoever. That may seem like a impossible situation but it's entirely possible and I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head and I will make it as the morning of an only son and the end thereof as a bitter day God knows all about an only son dying doesn't he mm -hmm. compares you know we can See, grief, we can watch it. But until you know it, you don't understand what it is. Until you lose someone dear, you don't have a clue what it's like. And this is worst is the worst right here in the scripture. I behold, or verse 11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Now here's where we're going. I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. What? Famine's not going to be that you have lack of something to eat. The famine's going to be that you have lack of something to eat. Right. Called the Word of God. Right. It doesn't say that there's not going to be preaching. It doesn't say that there's not going to be people filling pulpits. It says there will be a famine of the Word of God. There is a difference. What God has to say is exact. What God has to say is the truth. Amen. What God has to say is no deception. What God has to say is not about give me your money, make me rich, and you can suffer and do likewise as long as my hearts are rising. That's tough, preacher. Listen to me. It's going on everywhere. It's becoming more obvious, I believe, than it ever has. Love of money is the root of all evil, right? Yeah. Everywhere. Even in the church. We don't like to think that, do we? Right. The church is supposed to be the church is the church is the church is the church. Well, if you let the wrong one into the church, which can happen, folks, uh -huh. I'm not so stupid not to know that Satan is waiting to get his foot in the door of every church. Amen. That's, huh, well, you don't let him in, right? Amen. You don't let him in because you know the Word of God and you can use it against him. You, he don't come in because the love of God's in the people's hearts that are there. And their concern is not all about them. It's about others around them as well. It, it may even involve taking some licks, huh? Taking a lick for somebody else. Picking somebody else up that needs picked up instead of trampling over them and walking on like they never existed. As long as it makes me do better. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Amen. It's interesting. The famine of hearing the words of the Lord. In our country especially, and this has been discussed, right here, you can go three different places in Arabia that you're choosing and I believe hear the word of the Lord and I said hear the word of the Lord if you want to drive a few miles there's 10 or 15 more or that way there's more or this way there's more there's, I mean there's a saturation we can pick and choose we'll go where we want to go you come here you're here now. Amen. Praise God. I'm glad. You glad you're here now? Amen. Praise the Lord. We have an opportunity. We have, have the blessings of God in a way because we're able to assemble in this church on this day to worship Him, not worship me or anybody else. You do not come to this place to worship a man. Let me tell you, I hope you don't do that. Even me, I do not receive any worship. Worship goes to God. Amen. Everything we do goes to God. Amen. But see, we've been milked into this kind of false analogy that, and it creeps in and it begins to take effect and it begins to create results and before you know it, the church is half empty and people are not appreciating what they got. 
come if I want to and I won't if I don't. That might not sound like it's very harmful, but I'm going to tell you what, it is harmful because you need the fellowship of the saints, folks. You need the atmosphere, the gathered worshiping atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is present because it is vitally, vitally essential to your spiritual relationship and welfare, by the way, with God. I have been accused of just wanting pews full. No, I want you full. Amen. Full of God and full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Full of the love of Jesus. Full of the understanding of the Word of God. See, when people are like that, this don't happen. What we're talking about this morning don't happen. It's because people have forsaken that and become more interested in their own ways and the ways of the world. Basically, that's what it is. Gone the world's way. More interested in what the world offers than what God has to offer. And in here, find themselves in an awful, terrible predicament to the point of there's a famine in the land for the Word of God. Can you even imagine? It says in verse 12, said, They shall wander from sea to sea and from north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the Word of the Lord and shall not find it. We've got it pretty available again. We've got countless places. We can go and find it. But can you imagine what's being said here? You're not going to find it. Who's, let's back up. Who is it that's speaking this? Of course a man, but who is it really that's speaking this? It's God. It's God. This, this should be the scariest thing that could ever happen when you cannot find the Word of God at least in truth. I'm thankful that there are warnings that this is being realized and there are warnings now that have come at the risen. Beware. And I'm not going to start naming names. I'm not into that. What I'm saying this morning is these scriptures are pointing Again, and I think they've been identified and, and pretty much explained where you don't have to wonder. I mentioned it. Watch who you listen to. Right. Don't let things come in your ear. You need to be real sure of who it is that you're listening to. What's their purpose? Deception's easy to sow. And once sown, it can find root. Before long, it'll be more about prosperity than it is about God. Take note. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. I'm speaking of the best of the best, the most energetic, the most with most vitality. It's, it's declared this way that you, the ones that you would never think that would be affected by this. He said, they're going to faint. In other words, this is absolutely a catastrophic spiritual or lack of spiritual condition. To me, that's, that's scary. If you've got that, what else have you got? If you have no God or nothing of God, what have you got? You've got everything else. Because that creates a vacuum and in comes everything 
And that's what's happening much in a way today. In comes something to take up that vacancy. And believe you me, it will come sweeping in. And it will find a place and it will set up residence. What happened to the whole kingdom? To the whole kingdom. Everybody in it. It's affecting everybody. That's why here cometh forth the judgment of God. Saying, go tell them this. They that swear, last verse, they that swear by the sin of Samaria and say, Thy God, O Dan, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth, even they shall fall and never rise again. What is that talking about? Idolatry. Because in this prosperous era of time in, in this nation, money had become the idol. Prosperity had become the goal. Having more had become that figurine. That eyes were taken off of the great and wonderful God of all things and upon objects and merchandise and material things. And that's what was being worshipped. That was what was being idolized. That became the thing of the utmost importance. Who in your life is of the utmost importance this morning? Let me ask you that question. Who is of the utmost importance? It's not what we can have. It's not what we can hold. It's not what we can put in account somewhere. Of utmost importance is God Almighty and His Son Jesus and a relationship with Him. So was the case then. It remains to be the same now. God has a means and a way of taking care of things when it gets to a point such as this. Close up right there. I know I've said this, and I keep saying it. You nor I, nor anyone else in this building or anywhere else on this globe, I don't care how wise they may claim to be or how wise they may be, nobody knows what is going to happen in the next minute, five minutes, hour, day, month, or whatever. Nobody has that ability. Come on. The time for repentance is now. Amen. Yes. Amen. The day of salvation is at hand. Right. I think you can agree with me this morning when I say this. Things are bad. Yes. Spiritually speaking. When things are bad, spiritually speaking, things are really getting ready to get bad in what's around us. Uh -huh. it, it has a relationship. It always has. I know that to the worldly system, sin does not matter anymore. Come on. Not only does it not matter, we'll pay money to fund it. Support it. Condone it. That's a huge red flag for any nation. 
I don't mind saying it. I'm, I know I'm going to get lambasted. That's all right. I already got one scar. I can touch him. <laughs> We're in a fight, aren't we? Amen. War. Amen. Bible says that, folks. It means it. If you think you can hide under a pew somewhere or go into a closet and stay until all this gets by, it not, it's going to affect you. It's affecting you right now. Come on. Amen. The wages of sin, the Bible so declares, are death. Final period in one way or another. As I've said many times, it starts with each one of us individually. You can use the term predicament, issues, problems, circumstances. Remember the basket of summer fruit? Look at it. The conditions are ripe. Ripe to rottenness. On the verge. I'm sensing it. I've spoke to others who are sensing it. It's going to happen. Something is going to happen. Something is stirring. Time to be prepared is now. It's not tomorrow. It's now. If you're here this morning, you got Jesus Christ living in your heart, you are saved, you need to be praising Him. Amen. You need to be thanking God. You need to be rejoicing in that fact. If you don't have, you can have. Right here this morning, right now, today, you can receive Jesus Christ into your heart. That's your rescue. That interest anybody? I've said it multiple times this morning. He is your rescue. Amen. If you're saved this morning, He's your rescue. Amen. Lifeline. Would you stand? God, we just, our hope is in none but you, Lord. Every heartbeat, every breath, God, our hope must be in you. This world holds nothing. It can hold nothing because there's no hope in things. There's no hope in man. The only hope cometh from you, God, in any situation, be it worldly or be it an individual situation. The hope is in you, Lord. In this world, sin lies at every door. God, there's corruption in the atmosphere. There's the effects of everything you declare in your word that's taking place in our world and our society today, God. It's very evident. Drawing us, Lord, to... Hopefully a nearer nearness to you, Lord. A, a greater ability to set our affection on things above, not on things of this world. 
not to be caught up in all of the distress and all the turmoil and all the chaos and all the stirrings of iniquity. But God, Father, to offer ourselves to You and say, here we are, Lord, take me, change me, make me what You want me to be, use me for Your purpose, Lord, in this latter day. Help me to be effective for You, Lord, more so every day. Give you praise for Jesus. Thank you for our Savior, Lord. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, God, for the redemption that you offered us, the forgiveness of sin, and thank you for the resurrection. You gave us the opportunity to have eternal life with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.